Good morning, Christ Church. This morning's reading is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, David. Shall we pray? Merciful Father, will you send us your Holy Spirit today to be our teacher, to open up Scripture for us? Will you send us your Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us uh, to Jesus Christ in all things that he may be worshipped and glorified today? And Father, I pray that you'll lend me the gift of your Spirit so that my spoken word might be faithful to the written word that we may, each of us, meet with your living word, Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. David, thank you ever so much for reading that so wonderfully. Morning, folks. It's lovely to be with you. Uh, if you've no idea who I am, that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, my name is Mike. Uh, I'm married to Anna, so I'm her plus one at Christchurch at the minute. Um, but I used to be, a long time ago, I was a vicar. Uh, I don't do that anymore, not because I got fired, but because I got asked to do something else instead. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't do any vicaring at the minute, but every now and again, uh, I get asked to preach and things like that. So that's, that's why I'm here this morning. And I'm, I'm delighted. Graham didn't know this. When Graham put me down on the road, he said, could, could, will you do a summer psalm? And I just said, yeah, on the way out of church one day. And he ended up, completely by accident, picking my favorite psalm, which is Psalm 121. Uh, when I became a Christian 25-ish years ago, um, I, uh, I, I don't come from a Christian family particularly, we don't, or at least we weren't very religious, we didn't go to church, and we didn't own a Bible. So uh, I grew up in Liverpool, in a place called Heighton, for those of you who know it, shout out to the massive, two dogs, two dogs fighting Heighton. And um, uh, there's a little bookshop in the town, and I went into the village to buy one, and uh, I found the only one I could find. It was 50p. I still remember it now. And it looked like a house brick. It was the King James version of the Bible because I didn't know any better. So I set about memorizing and learning texts from Scripture in the King, the King James version. So when uh, this text was read out this morning, beautifully, wonderfully by David, in my head, all I can hear is, I lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It was, it was a brilliant psalm because when I learned it, I thought it was one of those moments where, um, as Scousers would put it, you were having a word with yourself. Do you know what I mean? No, you don't. Let me explain. Um, this is Cheshire. I forget. We're not in Liverpool anymore. Um, when I was growing up, if you got yourself all worked up, if you were a bit stressed or anxious or you were getting a bit antsy or you were giving it loads, as um, my sister would put it, then you'd go and have a word with yourself. You'd chill out. Go and sit in the room on your own and shut up, right? And that, that was what I thought this psalm was about. Someone taking themselves off and saying, where's my help going to come from? They're stressed. I'm looking to the hills. Who's going to help me? 
And between verse 1 and verse 2 is that moment of find a quiet space, calm down, and remember, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Sorry, I'm causing Ed trouble because I'm doing what I do and I'm moving. I'll stand still. Thank, bless you. Bless you, brother. It's going to get worse, Ed, because I'm going to move you for more in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Ed's on part two of this sermon because the Lord thinks he needs it twice or something like that. I don't know. Um, but when I, was, when I was a kid, that was what we would say, go and have a word with yourself. And I thought that's what this psalm basically was, was that the psalmist was stressed. Who's going to help me? And then he takes himself to one side and says, the Lord will help. Who always helps? Of course it's God, you muppet. Pay attention. That's what being a, a follower of the Lord is about, right? He helps. A number of years ago, though, um, I sat with uh, some friends who were um, Messianic Jews. That is, they're from a Jewish tradition who become Christians, followers of Jesus as the Messiah. It's in Manchester. I remember one of them saying to me, no, 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 no. We don't do psalms the way you weird Christians do psalms. So even though this morning it was beautifully and brilliantly read out, they don't have a person stand at the front and read out a psalm. These are community psalms. These belong to the people. These things would have been said or sung or shouted together. And they would have been done in community. I wonder if you noticed when the psalm appeared on the screen, right at the beginning, it said in in italics, this is a psalm of ascents. It's a hard word to say that without your teeth in. Ascents. And it means as in to ascend. And it gives you a little hint of how the psalm would have been used. And it matters, actually, for us understanding what's going on. I'll say more about that in just a minute. But what you've got to have in your mind is a kind of Christchurch on tour moment. Let's imagine, in some fit of madness, the, the, the church wardens think, we're going to have a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and we're going to fly the whole congregation out together uh, to Tel Aviv, and then put us all in taxis over to Jerusalem. And we were kind of together heading up the mountain, or, well, Mount of um, Moriah, where the temple is in Jerusalem now, or was until uh, it was destroyed. Um, we were heading up the mountain together, and we're kind of arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, chatting away, and because, like, like, you know, we're come this country where it rains, we'd be talking about how warm it is, and how your feet hurt, and how dusty it is. Maybe talking about the price of fish, or what you want for lunch, or what you had for breakfast, or uh, how many different languages you've heard. You'd be chuntering away and chatting. And this is one of those psalms that was actually kind of created by the community that as you're journeying together, rather than chatting about nonsense, you're fixing your attention on the one who matters most. So a psalm of ascent is a psalm that was to be said together or or, or sort of acted out together as you were on a journey, and a journey in particular up the hill to Jerusalem. Now I said up the hill several times. If you know anything about the the geography of Israel, um, you can Go to sleep for the next 30 seconds. But if you don't, let me explain. In the south of the region, it's all desert. Like quite flat desert. It's it's dry. I was about to say it's cold. It's not cold. It's very warm. It's dry. It's arid. There's not much there. Uh, Well, I say there's not much there. I was there a few years ago, um, part of a kind of lecture tour around uh, Israel. And um, we were in the desert in the south. And I was with some friends. And um, I was part of a, a group of people doing some teaching. And um, you couldn't see anything for miles, just desert. The little hut we were in, and then desert, 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 desert. And then one very, very eagle-eyed person said, what's that thing over there? 
right on the horizon in the distance. And so somebody rummages around the bag and pulls out binoculars. And everyone's having a look through these binoculars. And about 25, 30 miles away on the horizon, tiny, tiny, tiny blue box. Middle of the desert, south of Israel. Anyone want to guess? Not Ed, because he's heard it already. Not the TARDIS, close, Ikea. <laughs> desert, Ikea. So the southern part of Israel is all desert, but as you get to the middle, the, the further north you go, the greener it gets. So kind of Galilee and that area is really green. But right in the middle where Jerusalem is, it's loads and loads of mountains. In fact, the temple, David's city, if you know your Old Testament stories, you know King David built the city of Jerusalem, and he built the first temple on Mount Zion which is just a little hill, really. It's not a mountain. It's an overclaim. Those of you who like climbing, there's one or two. You, you do it. It's, it, it. Look, I did it, and look at me, right? So it's dead easy. Mount Zion, it's really low. Within a mile of that is Mount Moriah, and then sort of to the east of that is the Mount of Olives, which you'll have heard of in the New Testament, uh, and then to the north of that is Ophel and some other small mountains. So it's a little mountain range, and what you've got to have in mind is this band of pilgrims journeying together, this band of, 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 um, of worshippers journeying together and heading for the most holy place, the place where God will be found, the temple. And what they do is they're coming from this, oops, coming from this nice flat area, and then they hit the mountains and the valleys. So they're going down, sorry, Ed. They're going down together, and they're chuntering away and chatting away, and the psalmist suddenly calls out, look around you. Look at the mountains. Where does our help come from? Look up. You've got this big Mount Moriah. Look, you've got Zion. I am still here. Look, you've got um, Ophel. You've got the Mount of Olives. Look around. Where does our help come from? And I wonder if you noticed in the psalm, when David read it for us, the psalmist asked the question, I lift up my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? And he answers his own question, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then, almost as if somebody else in the group chips in, it changes in verse 3. He won't let your foot slip. You can imagine Marjorie in the corner. No, he, he'll watch over you. Maybe Bob coming along at the back on his zimmer. The one who watches over Israel never goes to sleep. People stop talking about the price of fish. They stop talking about their feet and how warm it is. And they start encouraging each other, reminding each other of the goodness of God. The Lord watches over you. He'll be your helper. He's the shade at your right hand. Imagine a hot day. Oh, pilgrims down into the valleys, up the hills. They're steep hills because they're quite close together. They are pretty steep. In fact, to get from Jerusalem, where the temple is, to Bethany, where Jesus' friends were, Lazarus and, and um, uh, Mary and Martha, you know those stories. It's only about a mile and a half, maybe two miles, not very far. But you've got to go down into the Valley of Kidron, up through the Garden of Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives, and over the other side. Now, you don't have to let me look at me. It was a tiring journey. So I'm very sympathetic. The sun will not smite you by day. The moon will not smite you by night. This is a band of pilgrims talking to each other, encouraging each other, as they're on their journey to worship. They're nudging each other. Remember the goodness of God. They're interrupting each other. Remember God's faithfulness. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will protect you from evil. Don't worry. It'll be okay. 
because God is with us, because we are with him. Don't get distracted by the things of life. Fix your eyes. Look to him. Look to the place where we will meet him. The Psalms are far more interesting and exciting. Like that. It's often called the prayer book of the Bible, but it's the community book. It's not just for kind of people in collars or robes or um, with licenses from bishops. It's, it's the prayer book of the whole people of God. And this is one of those Psalms where you can, almost if you listen carefully, you can hear the whole people of God calling out to each other of God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Last week, Ed preached a stonking sermon, another one. It's really irritating when someone's that good every time. And um, bless you and all. I like you and everything, but even so. And um, it reminded us that what faces us in the future at Christ Church is in many ways a great deal of uncertainty. We don't really know what's coming. But we are on a journey together. And I say we, I've not been here very long, and I, I kind of hang around with Anna. But this is a tremendous community. You've got incredibly gifted worship leaders, incredibly gifted church wardens, readers, the curate's gorgeous. You've got some really fantastic people around. And we journey together not knowing exactly what lies ahead, but knowing exactly with whom we journey knowing exactly the Lord who walks with us, knowing exactly the one who shows his faithfulness every single day and most um, gloriously, most obviously, most definitively in Jesus. I know it's not exactly everybody's cup of tea, that crucifixion, but I love that it's there because what it is is the mark of God's faithfulness etched above this community. Do you want to know what this Lord is like who will watch over you? This Lord who will be faithful to you? This Lord who will never let the sun harm you by day nor the moon by night? This Lord who when you are dozing off, he never does? This Lord who when we go astray, he comes to find us again? Then you look to Jesus because he is the one in whom God, uh, the, the, all the fullness of the Godhead chooses to dwell. St. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1. This psalm is a psalm of a community asking a question, who's going to help us? And finding the answer within the people. God, the Lord, the one who calls us, the one who is with us, the one who is faithful to us, he will help us. He is ours. And what I love about this psalm is you can hear perhaps those who are feeling a bit tired and weak at the back, shuffling along, thinking, oh gosh, who's going to help? This is exhausting. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. Maybe not physically. I mean, maybe you do physically, but maybe not. Maybe spiritually or emotionally, you're feeling a bit tired, washed out, drained. COVID has done that to lots of us. The uncertainty of the future has done that to lots of us. Coming to church is not about you being at your best. It's about coming to be part of a community that will speak to you of God's faithfulness and God's love for you where you are at right now. Maybe you're feeling super strong and pumped and you love change and transition. You're dead excited about what comes next. It is sad that Graham's gone and Anna's gone and the children, but you're thinking, woohoo, I love change. You people, we bless you. You're a strange bunch, but we bless you. We bless you. <laughs> Great, then you speak of God's faithfulness to those of us who are feeling tired and weak sometimes. 
And those of us who are feeling tired right now, maybe in a few weeks or a few months, we'll feel full of the joy of the Spirit. We'll feel full of confidence in God, and we'll need to speak out God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's love over one another. Because fundamentally, that's what we are as community. It's not just that we like each other. It's not just that we're all the same, because we're not. It's that we are a community that is gathered by Christ. We belong to him, and therefore we belong to each other. This psalm speaks to us today. It's not saying, don't worry, Christ, it's all going to be fine. You lot are really cool. That is obviously true. It's saying, don't worry, Christchurch, it will be okay. Because God who calls you is faithful. Because he will help. Because he's reliable. He won't let your foot slip. He won't let the moon hurt you. He won't let the sun burn you. He won't go to sleep and forget about you. He knows you and he loves you. And not just as a community, but as individuals. Whatever life is throwing at you right now, work, family, home life, community life, school. He won't forget you. He's not gone to sleep on the job. He knows you and he loves you and he is with you. Whether in the darkness, whether in the daylight, whether things are going well or not, this is the one we serve who meets us in Jesus. Just a few moments, um, and Lydia are going to come and play, just gently. I'm just going to invite us, whether you're um, at home, uh, and you can do this on Facebook uh, by making comments, or if you're in the room, they're just going to strum for a few minutes, and it might be quiet, and you might not have, have anything at all to say, and that's fine. But in the next few moments, if it just occurs to you, something of God's goodness and faithfulness that you really treasure, something about God that warms your heart, I just want to invite you, Shout it out for others in the room to hear. You can't, well, you can shout at your computer if you're on Facebook, but we won't hear that unless you're very loud, so you're going to have to type it. But if you're in the room, it might just be a word from the Psalms. My help comes from the Lord. That might be all it is. But if you're feeling brave enough, just something of God's goodness, God's love and faithfulness that you really value and treasure, just as they're gently playing, Just shout it out for the rest of us. Speak those words of encouragement. Let's act out this psalm. Let's let's live this psalm today, a community psalm, as we speak to each other of God's love and we journey together, fixing our eyes on him. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us as we do that. Then I'm going to get out of the way.